Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I am your host, Sean Dustin. Today, I am talking with Liz Priestley. Liz is an actress of a movie. (laughs) And the way that I met Liz is through uh, Steve Joyner, who um, I'm going to plug him. Steve Joyner, he's a publicist that I work with, and he sends me some of his clients to interview on my podcast and kind of promote whatever it is that they're working on or, or project that is coming out that they want everybody to know about. And so that's what we're doing. And we're going to be talking about black cowboys in Philly today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Liz, Shout how are you? Steve. I love Steve. I'm great. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing cool. I'm doing cool. Went to Costco yeah. earlier, was able to take care of some things, you know, got about a, <laughs> <laughs> three cases of water that's a good day right there a costco trip oh, oh man yeah. before four o'clock that's that's a great day and it was under 200 bucks wow <laughs> that's a great oh sean i hope you are gonna celebrate with like a massive dinner that's how oh, i yeah. celebrate i'm gonna celebrate with cutting up a rotisserie chicken <laughs> Ooh, yum i like i like all right Very nice. So tell me, tell me uh, about you. Um, tell me about your movie that you're in. It's uh, featuring uh, Idris Elba. Yeah, that that little known guy. Yeah. You know, that that guy everyone might have heard of. You know, that guy. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> where do I even start about me? Well, I am primarily a film no, that's that's not even true. I'm primarily a stage actress. Um, have been doing stage work for about 25 years, and before that, I was a musician. Um, actually, alongside of that as well. Um, but you know, ever since I was a kid, I knew that I wanted to be the kind of person who made movies. And I was like, how do I how do I do that? Who's who's making the Mighty Ducks? Right? Like who who's teaching these kids to play hockey? And like you know, the whole thing. So. Um, yeah, when I, you know, when I got older, when I got to go to college and things, I, I knew even then still, I was like, I want to do that, but I will go to college for musical theater so I can be, you know, a more well-rounded performer. And then I stuck with theater for a little while. And then last August, I auditioned for a little film that was shooting in Philadelphia called Concrete Cowboy. And lo and behold, I got the part of the wife of Idris Elba and the and the mother of Caleb McLaughlin, who is equally fabulous, I have to say. So, um, yeah, it's it's been. 
I would say it's been a 25 year journey to living my dream and I'm finally doing it. And then, you know, COVID kind of happened in the middle of that, threw a wrench into it. And now I'm, you know, kind of unsure what's going to happen. But I, as I've said to my parents and anyone who will listen, I'm like, even if I, you know, if I never got to be in another film again or whatever, I could die happy knowing that I, I lived my dream with some of the biggest names in the world. <laughs> so that's my story in a nutshell. Well, that's very cool. That's a great story. Um, 25 <laughs> years. Uh, you know, the acting yeah. the acting game is difficult to get into. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, we both share some similarities. I was a uh, drama dork in high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was in musical theater, stage combat, uh, regular theater. Ah, stage combat is so great. It's so fun. Yeah. I mean, I've done, I've done Fiddler on the Roof, uh, Grease. So uh, have I, and so have I. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I got into college singing Far From the Home I Love. Okay, okay. Yeah, which... It doesn't fit, but yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. it worked. I got into college, so hey, it yeah, worked a little right, bit. Right? That is so funny. Who were you in Greece? Um, I was just one of the one of the supporting. Uh, well, actually, I was in it twice. I was in it in high school, and okay. and that one was just like a supporting role, like one of the uh, you know one of the the, the, the whatever. Yeah, T birds, whatever. Um, Fiddler on the roof. I was a const the constable. Or one of the constables. Oh, okay. um, they were all supporting things because I wasn't really, I didn't really, I was just there kind of because I wanted to not have to go to regular classes. So I pulled yeah. all, I put all of the electives in and st- in like a couple of the cores. Um, and then I started getting in trouble. And so it was like, mm. it was like theater meeting Breaking Bad, right? Um, right. And so I, uh, I got in some trouble. And then afterwards, um, when I went into my first job, my real legit job, it was in uh, Oakland working for a professional theater building the sets as a carpenter. Oh, nice. As a carpenter's apprentice. And so I had gotten into, uh, as one of, Oh, what was that one? Um, uh, God, the Jets and the the Sharks and oh, the Jets. Oh, West Side Story. Yeah, West Side Story. I, I built the sets for that, and then I was also an extra. Uh, I played an extra uh, in that as well. So I, it didn't stick. Um, I, I I like entertainment. I mean, obviously, I'm, I I made my way back around in a different way. Um, but it, uh, I think it was just so hard to get into it. And I'm just the kind of person that it's like, God, if something's like that hard, <laughs> you either got to love it mm-hmm. or you just got to be like, no, what else do I love? I, I agree with you. It's really, it's really hard. Um, you know, and like my, my poor parents, they were very supportive along the way, but I know even they were like, uh, Liz, you know, mm-hmm. I just don't, you know, we're not saying don't live your dream, but, ah, you know, there was a lot of, you know, everyone wants to be an actor. Everyone thinks they can be an actor and everyone thinks they can do it. So yeah. what makes you think you can? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, yeah, but I can, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, I don't know, it's just like the innate does, sense of, yeah, but I can. But does your, you know. does, does your dream come with a little less struggle? <laughs> 
I don't think so. I, I really do. I mean, you know, yeah, when I tell people, I'm like, no, 25 years I've been doing theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing theater since I was a kid, but, you know, it's it's taken a long time, especially because, like I said, I always knew that I wanted to be in front of a camera as opposed to on the stage. Mm-hmm. And every decision that I've made in the subsequent 25 years has been sort of geared towards, okay, this is just a stepping stone to get to film. Mm -hmm, You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I mean, 25 years, that's a struggle, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I'm glad I did it. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and and you're you're a lot smarter now. You know, you know the business a little bit more. I, you know, yeah. I, I liken it kind of to uh, somebody who, um, part like parties and gets in trouble early on in life. And then somebody who, you know what I mean? You already know, you know, the pitfalls uh-huh. and everything else. And so when you're kind of later in life and you have those friends that, that went the opposite route and just went straight forward and, you know, did everything they were supposed to, never got in trouble, got the job, got the house, got the husband, got the, you know, the, the kids and everything yeah. else. Yeah. And, and, and then the minute they let loose, they just, they go buck wild and crazy and lose they everything. They don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that's sad. That's yeah. sad. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to be like, I'm an expert, but I mean, I teach, I teach acting. I try to, um, give back at least some of my knowledge of this industry to people who say they want to be in it because it is so hard and it's brutal and it's always changing in some ways and in other ways you're like no it's gonna be like this you know um so yeah in some ways i do feel i guess smarter i guess mm-hmm. that could be I yeah you're, you're just you're yeah, more you're more mature you're more mature you're yeah. a, you're a, you're a journeyman now yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Seriously, uh, that's really yeah. what it, what it what it boils down to. So, tell me about um, tell me about the story of of uh, the the Cowboys in Philly. A little bit yeah. about that that you can. I have a video that we're going to break to at some point to kind of explain. You know, the uh, like I don't know the like what it what it really is through the eyes of the the guy that's actually has sure. a stable and everything else. Um, and then also like. How do you like movie movie going and making and 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 being able to see is really changing? Yeah, big um, time, big time. I I my my ex, uh, she we were talking about something the other day, and she goes, "Hey, do you know that they you can rent a whole theater at the movie theater for a hundred bucks?" Wow! I'm like, what? You could I can go and and spend a hundred dollars. And I can bring a whole bunch of people with me wow. to watch a movie now. And she's, yeah, but nothing's, I mean, nothing's being released. There's no new movies. Yeah, there's no new movies. But that's, that's really interesting. I didn't even know it was that cheap. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, think about you know, how, how much. Are they able to any money, you know, it's like, uh, what else can they do? Well, who owns um, the movie theaters, though? I mean, that's what I want to know, because if it's Hollywood that owns the movie theaters, then it's not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's just right, 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 right. Just like any of these other huge corporations that have, you know what I mean? <laughs> none of that. None of what's happening is affecting Walmart, Target, all of these big, right, right, right. big corporate owned things. It's affecting all of the little mom and pop shops. That's who's getting X'd out and, and canceled. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. I so I will be the first to admit I don't really know like who owns Regal or who owns AMC. Mm-hmm. I only know that there are you know 
concerns about, you know, if movie theaters don't open soon, um, you know, one or both of them may have to file for bankruptcy or whatever. So it makes sense to me that they're doing things like that. But even still, I would be very wary of renting out a whole theater. You know what I mean? It's like, well how you know how well is it being clean and how you know anymore it's too much of a risk and it is a bummer because you know a year ago when we were filming this movie that was the thing we were all talking about Mm -hmm. was like oh my gosh you know my parents are going to be able to walk into a theater and see my face up there and it's going to be my whole face on the screen and like I remember a couple months after we wrapped and I had to come back in and uh, record my dialogue again, some of it, because a lot of what we shot was outside. So, you know, planes and crowd noise and whatever. So I go back in. That was my first and to date my only glimpse of, no, technically uh, since that they released that little clip. Okay, so two clips I've seen now of the movie. But the first one was, you know, the 30 seconds that they needed me to re-record and it was like they started the video and my whole face mm-hmm. took up the screen. It was surreal. And I was just like, that's going to be in the movie theater someday. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, COVID. So uh, it's it's been a bit of a bummer in that way. I don't I don't want to be um, complaining about it because, I, you know, I have my health and, and I've been able to, you know, survive. But. Um, yeah, it is, you know, the one good thing is that if it does go to a streaming service, um, which, you know, I haven't been told yet what's happening, um, you know, if it does, then at least everybody's home, everybody has the opportunity, you know, theoretically to see it, but it does lose a little something when you're like, it's that experience of Mm -hmm. going to the theater, buying the pop. Corn and mm-hmm. the you know the soda and sitting there with your group of people, you know because I'm you know I was planning to take groups of twenty five <laughs> or more <laughs> multiple trips you know <laughs> see multiple viewings and you know so kind of it is a bummer in that way um, but again I hate to complain because it's like oh I'm complaining about the fact that I can't go to a movie theater see my movie like people are dying like get over yourself Liz you know what I mean so yeah you still yeah. you still could do that though. I mean, you never know. I mean, you could do it with Zoom. You could do it with Zoom. You could do it with Zoom. All you got to do that's true. You can have a viewing party with Zoom. Mm -hmm. I've done that now with Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. I had a a couple friends. We did a viewing party with Poltergeist, and it was so fun. So, yes, you're absolutely right. We could. And, you know, and I've heard that, you know, I, I don't know if in Pennsylvania, but I know elsewhere they've been sort of experimenting, open up theaters again. Mm -hmm. So, you never know. I mean, You never know. Yeah, you could probably you probably get away with it with doing like I remember the the ones that we have. So you could probably put one, two, three, four, five, maybe six per row. Yeah, six to six to ten per row, and then and then skip a row. I think it's feasible. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be looking at the same numbers that theaters were putting up, but that's not the point. It's it's really more about the experience, but. I totally went off on a tangent. I know you asked me to talk about the black that's right. cowboys. That's all, that's all right. I go off on um, them all the time. It's so funny, too, because I didn't know about them until I got cast in this movie. And I am born and raised in Philly. I should have known about this. And it's so funny because people I talk to about this, they all say the same thing. I should have known about this. I mm-hmm. had no idea. But basically... 
I mean, if you think about the term cowboy, okay, that comes, that's a, that's a slave term. I mean, if you want to take it all the way back, right? If you worked in the stable, you were a stable boy. If you worked, you know, in the house, you were a house boy. If you worked with the cows, you were a cowboy. That's where that word comes from. Mm-hmm. And right after the Civil War-ish, um, most cowboys in the U.S. were black. Most of them. Um, and really up until Hollywood uh, got a hold of the narrative, of the cowboy narrative, and they started sort of putting more white actors in those roles. Um, and what ended up happening is we ended up getting, you know, whitewashed out of cowboy history. Um, and now, of course, when you think of cowboys, you think of, you know, John Wayne and, you know, that kind of... Um, but... The fact is, cowboys, black cowboys have existed in major cities in the U.S. since the Civil War. They've been there forever. And Philadelphia is one of the notable cities. So um, that is the kind of historical framework that this story takes place in. And what's cool is that, you know, we shot in North Philly at Fletcher Street Stables, which is a real staple that's been there since, you know, the 1850s. And um, some of the actual Fletcher Street cowboys play cowboys in our movie. In fact, one of the leading roles is a cowboy who is a cowboy at Fletcher Street. Um, So, you know, adding that layer of authenticity in the movie, I think, too, lends a certain amount of credibility to what we're trying to bring. And again, you know, like I said, people don't know about this. People don't know that this is... I I said to... um, the costume person, when I went for my fitting, I said, so this is a fantasy story? And she was like, no, this is real. These, mm-hmm. these are real. I had no idea. And so that's, I'm hoping that, you know, at the very least, that this movie makes people go, wait a second, this is a real thing? Hang on. I'm going online. Let me look this up. Like that clip you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet I've seen it. Because once I found out about it, I tried to find everything I could on it online. But um, yeah. Well, it's let's, staggering. Let's transition to that and let's watch it yeah. real quick. See how I set you up there? I did that yeah, on purpose. There you go. Oh, there you go. Good yes, segue. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to share some sound. Go to screen one. Share this. Dude, I love this. Like with how you can do all this stuff these days. See, when I do it on my classes, it's all glitchy. It doesn't work when I do the horses really do help you with aggression. Once you're on a horse and you're out, that's all your mind is on is having fun. My name is Shahir and I'm a concrete cowboy. Uh, I first got on a horse after I turned 10. And I was young, so I was like, I like that horse. I thought it was cool. Horses that have a temper just like us. Me and Shadow had to combine our tempers and work together because she used to walk while everybody else was running, buck, throw people off. And I used to always just get back on her just to have the patience. When I ride, people actually give me like props and they actually be applauding me. The hood guys and everything, they be asking me, can I ride? You want to trade? People like it.
Well, the stable started about 10 years ago. It gave me something to do. Something to keep the kids busy with. Keep them occupied from running the street, getting in trouble. In Southwest Philadelphia, it's a lot of senseless killing. And I try to give kids something to get away from stuff like that. And when they start learning with the animals, they kind of calm down. Because they teach it and they learn it. And it helps them out a lot. Violence in this community is crazy. I done lost a brother, an uncle. I lost a lot of friends. Oh, I hate when it does that. But when I work with the horses, it's like a type of therapy. I can have fun and not worry about everything else that's going on around us. If I would have never met Malik and started riding horses, I probably would have been doing stuff that I wasn't supposed to be doing, getting in trouble. Once you get to running and having fun, it seems like all that is forgotten. So hopefully it didn't get too uh, too choppy on that. But I mean, it, it's just to to give a, an idea of like what's happening out there. I mean, I have I have a dog, and uh, you know I've never I've never connected with an animal like I've like connected with this dog. Right? I've had mm-hmm. plenty of dogs before, and uh, you know honestly. Um, He's he's really taught me how to love again, honestly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I didn't I don't really think that I knew how. You know, I, and maybe I yeah. did. Maybe I did when I was a kid. I remember having. I re- I remember feeling like that that teenage love that you have. You know what I mean? And then after you've been mm-hmm. you've been burned a few times, it just kind of goes away, man. Like you, yeah, you get jaded. Yeah, and it's like uh, you know, and I. It really, my dog. It, it's just like, it's crazy because I've had I've had uh, uh, females go. You say you can't love, but like, I see how affectionate you are to your dog, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. So because my dog is safe. Yeah, yeah, and animals, you know, they don't want anything from you mm-hmm. other than your other than your love they don't you know they'll depend on themselves to get food or shelter or whatever they really just want your love and affection so in some ways it's almost easier to show that Mm -hmm. to animals because it's just so pure they don't want it doesn't come attached with anything there's no strings there's no complications they just you know you're there with a hand to pet them they're they're there you know Mm -hmm. it's very it's a very pure thing so yeah um I love that. And I, I love that video. I love that video. I actually almost started tearing up because mm-hmm. I was like, he looks like the same age as, as you know, Caleb is in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just that image of him kind of going down the street and you see the, you know, he called them the hood guys or whatever, but you see them kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. giving him the pound, you know, shaking his hand <laughs> and stuff. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I wish I had known about this community years ago. I really, I mean, what they're doing, what they've been doing, and it, like I said, the mission has never changed. 
from when they started. Their whole goal was to give kids a safe place to go. Mm-hmm. And that has remained. Um, it's such a beautiful thing. It, it really is. And I just was like, I was watching him ride like, oh, that kind of looks like my son. Yeah, Even though yeah, I don't yeah. have a son. I don't have a son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really... It, it it really is a uh, uh, you know when you when you think about um, men and you think about how men are raised and you think about all of the um, you know I, I I'm a product of a broken home um, and you know with an not an absent father but I mean my dad there only it was every other weekend and it's like you know how much can you actually how much can you be a role model to somebody two days, four, six, sure, eight days a month? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you're not there in the critical times when, when, you know what I mean? Like supervision or discipline or stuff mm-hmm. like that, that has to happen mm-hmm. on a, on a constant basis. So, I mean, yeah. it really is a tragedy how the, the family unit has been broken up uh, over the years. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another reason. It's so funny you said that because that's another reason I'm excited for people to see this film is because I feel so often, especially in films, especially with people of color, we see the broken home all the time. Mm -hmm. And we see the broken home in a way like I feel like filmmakers have gotten so caught up in the let's let's show what's real as opposed to let's show what could be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's not to say don't, let's not show what's real, but like one of the things I love about this movie is that you know from the very beginning moments. I mean that's that's the whole arc of my character is that you know you have not known your father in fifteen years. You have not seen your son in fifteen years. I've done all I can, but I. I can't do anymore. This mm-hmm. is this is your responsibility. It is your turn to be in his life as mm-hmm. a positive, you know, role model. And I literally dump my son on his doorstep in the middle of the night, and I go, "You take it from here." Um, but that, you know, like I said, that there's the historical framework of the black cowboys, and then there's this at the heart of this story is a father and son who are learning about each other and learning how to love each other after a 15 year absence. And so what I love about that story is that you see what can be in that relationship between a black man and his black son. And you see this fractured relationship becoming whole or not even, not even completely whole, but more whole than it was. And you see how that impacts both of them, because it would also be kind of cliche if it was just like, Oh, you know, oh, my dad's a great guy and now everything's wonderful. You know, that's not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not what the movie is either. It's very much like, you know, we have to come to an understanding and a respect. And I need to learn how to love you as you are, as being someone I haven't known for over a decade. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's a really, it's just a beautiful story all around. The, the father-son element, the historical element. Um, I just I love it. I'm biased, of course, but I love it. <laughs> I thought it was wonderful. So yeah, I I I'm just as you were explaining that, like I have I have issues around that as well because me and my my own father were 
for about 15 years, really. Uh, mm-hmm. When I started getting in trouble and and mm-hmm. and all that, he kind of just sort of turned his back and said, "No, I can't. I can't deal with you." And uh, yeah, yeah. And then at some point, you know, he reached back into my life. I guess Facebook uh, show showed me as a as a friend or possible whatever. And uh, he, sure, start, yeah. he started. He started looking and going, "Oh wow, you know, your life has changed, and you're actually doing good. You got some stuff. I you know, maybe I can make an entrance now." I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's like, well, you weren't there for my struggles, so you can't be there for my successes. You know, I yeah, and that you know, part of what was hard for me, for my character going into it was because I'm a mother. I have a 13 year old. I mean, it's a daughter, not a son, but you know, close enough. And I was like, I can't imagine dropping her off in the middle of the night on the doorstep of someone that she's never known and been like, your turn. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, and really for me, I had to, I had to decide that's not how this mother was. Um, you know, she doesn't just say, well, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like she, she is really coming from a place of, I don't know what else to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And I had to hold on to that because yeah, as a mother, I was like, what kind of a parent would just dump their kid, Mm -hmm. you know, and be like, I can't handle you anymore. Cause yeah, he, he is getting in trouble. He's like, when our movie opens, he's been thrown out of something like his third or fourth school. Um, He's been beat up. Um, you know, the, I think like the opening shot of the movie, he's like got a bloody nose type of thing. So, um, yeah, it's like, you know, he's struggling. Mm-hmm. He's very much struggling. And I think my character is, it's less about, I can't handle you anymore. And it's more about, you need a positive male role model in your life. How am I going to get it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I don't know if she goes about it in a way that I would necessarily do it. Um, but again, it's more about her relationship with, with Idris Elba's character in the fact that, like, well... Because it's also... They haven't seen each other in 15 years. They haven't really communicated in 15 years. So there's a lot of layers mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so upset because there was one... I, there was a scene that ended up getting cut uh, that we didn't end up shooting that I thought really kind of conveyed that, you know, that sort of, we haven't seen each other in 15 years, and here yeah. I am. Um, we kind of saved it for the end. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away, but at the <laughs> end, there's it's a lot uh, it's a lot happier, I'll say. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I saw on Facebook that, so, you know, this is based on a book. The mm-hmm. book is called Ghetto Cowboy. And then, you know, they changed the name mm-hmm. for probably obvious reasons. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, I still read it. I thought yeah. it was wonderful. And it's a book that's, like, <laughs> aimed at, like, young adults. So I was like, this is great. Um, but I saw recently on Facebook that the author has written a sequel. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 I'm so intrigued. I'm like, hmm, so what happened in the sequel? And yeah. will there be a sequel movie? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. I know. Um, yeah, it's it's really. Uh, I mean, this this kind of uh, touches 
something that I'm really kind of passionate about, and it's uh, and it has to do more with with uh, people reentering from from incarceration. Um, because, oh, okay, yep. Because that's that's a byproduct of everything that you're talking about. What ends mm-hmm. up happening when that goes unchecked? Um, you know, you end up in jails you end up uh addicted you end up in all of these places that are not good and so the main reason why you end up in those places is because you failed or somebody failed failed you um in in teaching you how to be a man and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and what a man is and what what does that mean what does that look like and the only people that can teach you that are men that have been there uh, especially when it comes from incarceration, it's 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 really hard for people that have been to prison to come out and listen to people tell you about you, and you've yeah. never been where I've been. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah. how how are you a probation officer who just went to school and did all everything that you were supposed to do? Probably never experienced half of what I did, and you you're you're telling me how I feel because uh, you read a book. Yeah. <laughs> You took a course. You took a course, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and now it's Absolutely. probably an online course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's and like, you know, I, I, I think that's such an interesting, that's a really interesting point to make that no one else can tell you about you or your experiences mm-hmm. because no one has ever walked your shoes. Even, I mean, even if it is, you know, we've both been to prison but my experience will be different than, mm-hmm. you know, this person's, you know what I mean? No one can ever tell you about who you are because they never walk your, in your shoes. So that's a really interesting point. Yeah, I, you know, I'm excited. I can't wait for people to see this movie. I feel like people are going to be debating things and being like, do we feel that Cole understands his father and, you know, all these yeah. kind of things. You know, it's one thing, yeah, it's one thing to be like, I don't know my father. He's this absent person. Um, 15 years have gone by. And as far as I'm concerned, he's basically just a shadow. Then on top of it, it's like, well, here's your dad. And also he is a cowboy in 2020. Like, it's just like, Mm -hmm. wait, what? You know what I mean? So he's got (laughs) to kind of deal with the the double dose of like, who is this guy? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, And I think he does come into... um, he does come into Philly with a little bit of cockiness. Like, mm-hmm. man, this is how you live in the city. Like, what are you guys doing down here? Um, you know, a little bit of that kind of cocky teenage swagger. And then it just quickly. But also, I was going to say, too, the movie also does show um, kind of like what that, what that young man in the clip was saying about how he was like, you know, if I hadn't. Uh, been involved in the stables, I'd probably be, you know, doing stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing. There's, you know, it does show uh, a character who who is going down that road mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I like that the fact that, you know, Cole, our main character, my son, has choices in yeah. front of him. You know what I mean? It's like, you can go this way and work hard and, you know, whatever. Or you can go this way and see where that leads, but you know, yeah, probably not yeah. somewhere good, you know? 
Well, so, I yeah. can't. I can't wait to see it because it. it I, I didn't know if I was going to, but now that you explain it to me, it's. Uh, it actually, it has a lot of elements that my own personal life has in it. So. Uh, I was gonna say, I'm like, this movie sounds like it was tailor made for you to see. You yeah. must, you must see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. We'll have to have a Zoom viewing party. You know, I'll be like, okay, Sean, get your popcorn. It's hey, time. I got tissues I, ready. I got the I got the hundred the hundred person account. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's. I think. I think people are going to really like it. I think people are going to be, you know, it's, first of all, I mean, it's Idris Elba on a horse. Like, how bad can that possibly be for anyone? <laughs> and he's, you know, like, the shirt is open for some of it, so you're just kind of like, huh. Like, it's wonderful. And then, <laughs> and then I think anybody who's, like, a, strain, uh, a fan of Stranger Things is going to be really surprised. Do you watch Stranger Things? You know what? I never got into it. I watched a few episodes and it was just I it didn't it wasn't something that caught my uh it didn't catch my attention. I liked it. I didn't start watching to watching it until I got cast in this. And mm-hmm. then I was like I should probably maybe watch <laughs> yeah you know and then i you know that was a stupid thing to do because i thought i was gonna be working with a little kid and then he's not a little kid he's taller than i am with mm-hmm. heels on like he's tall yeah 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 uh, yeah he's hilarious um but i think anybody who's a fan of caleb's is gonna be really surprised because i love stranger things i love it but i would say he's like a secondary character mm-hmm. on that show. And in this movie, he really does carry it. And he does a fantastic job with it. But I also think people are going to be surprised to see, like, Method Man mm-hmm. playing the part that he plays. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Method Man is hilarious. He's hilarious. <laughs> I think it, I think it's cool that it's uh, you you actually get to see uh, what is Caleb in a in a uh, a, a more a fuller role to yeah. where to where you can actually see the the you know the the levels of of his ability. He the the scenes where he and Idris really go like toe to toe. I was there for one of them, and I was like, "This kid is holding his own with Idris Elba." Like, I'm just praying I can get through my scene with Idris Elba. I'm not like. <laughs> hoping I can keep up with him at that point because I was just like, I just hope I can get through it without fainting. Yeah. That, that'll be success for me. <laughs> um, you know, but like, he just lays it all out there. Like, Caleb, Caleb's amazing. He really just leaves it all out there. And most of my scenes were with him. Okay. Um, so it was really, I mean, I was just hoping and praying. I'm like, please let us have a good you know, chemistry because I have to feed off of his energy for, for almost the entirety of what I do. And thankfully, um, you know, within 10 seconds of us first meeting, he was like, mom, and he gives me this big hug. And I was like, oh, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Like, this is going to be great. <laughs> um, you know, we, like, thank God he basically had to trust me with his life for like a whole entire day because, you know, the car that we were driving in, they give me this like 1993 like Toyota Tercel that's like <laughs> like breaks down on every left turn type of thing, and they blocked off like a four block radius that was all left turns, you know. And I'm in a caravan. It's like us, 
and then there's the mechanic truck behind us, and then the director behind them, and then like someone behind them traveling on an actual road. And every time I, I turn left, the car stalls out, and we just coast. <laughs> we're doing our scene, and I'm like, I've got it. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's yeah. literally like I had a one foot by one foot square in front of me that I could see out of. Yeah, that was yeah. it. And then it's like Caleb <laughs> in the passenger seat. I've got a sound guy in the back. The windshield is completely blacked out. There's camera equipment on both side doors and a, a huge light rig on the windshield. So Caleb really had to trust me with his life. I felt really bad. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's going to be an adventure, Caleb. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. <laughs> he is a trooper. Well, that's cool, man. I I can't yeah. wait to I can't wait to see it, and uh, you know, and and I'm definitely stoked that you uh, stopped by to hang out with me today and to tell oh gosh, tell me all about my it. My pleasure. <laughs> yes, you have to you have to see this. I think this is a movie you you would enjoy. So what? let me know when the Netflix party is going to be. Okay. What, what what is there a release date yet or? Uh... I know nothing. I, you know, I, I heard it made a, uh, another festival debut on Friday. Um, but then as far as like a release, the only thing I'm being told is very early 2021. So I would say in the next few months, but uh, don't quote me on it. Yeah, every, everybody's everybody's more worried, yeah, more worried about what's going to happen on the third. <laughs> yeah, I'm like after after that kind of dies down is probably when we'll be looking at our movie. I would I would say early next year. Yeah, and nah, we don't want to talk about the third. Enough people mm. are talking about that mess. Um, yep, yep. So I'm just looking forward to my movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just all looking... you can do at this point. You're just gonna be like, I gotta pick a, a point in the future yeah. to look forward to because otherwise I'm just gonna crap. I'm just crab. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to going crab fishing the 15th through the 22nd. There you go. Uh, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. Dun, dun, Dungeness crab. Last year we we came back with well we had like about 320 of them last year. Whoa! Look at yeah. you. You're a pro. No, I'm That's just. Awesome. I just. I uh, my buddy. I take my fifth wheel up. My buddy brings his boat, and then we just go and kill it for a week, and and bring it all back, and I give it all away. That that is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Everything in that sentence was amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't taste very good when you when you freeze it after you know. Because what we do is we cook it, we we clean it, we we cook it, and we freeze it immediately right there. And then we right, have right, right. we have uh, gallon, you know, the big the big uh, Ziploc bags. So we'll freeze the whole. We'll, we'll clean it all, put them all in there, have like. 50 of those bags to split between two of us and then or three of oh, us nice. and then just you know it's around uh thanksgiving time anyway so usually oh. you know we just bring it to family members or whatever just give it away to neighbors the people to babysit stuff like that that's awesome what a cool gift man that's like that's classy oh dude and it tastes so good when you get it that yeah. fresh oh, it's so it's so yummy <laughs> I'm hungry. I haven't eaten yet, Sean. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, as I told you, I just came from Costco, so I had I had a couple of uh, a couple oh, of big old I'm hot like... dogs with uh, no bun. Oh man, yeah. No, seriously. Like when we get off of this, I'm about to be like, get your grub on, grass. girl. 
get some crabs. <laughs> Who's ready for some crabs? Yep. Hush uh, puppies, crabs, the fries. Awesome. That sounds good too. Um, why don't you go ahead and plug uh, whatever it is you uh, want to plug your social media, your movie, where they can find, or anything that you want to appear in the show notes. Uh, go ahead and, and let everybody know so the show note person that I have can uh, can jot that down for me. <laughs> cool. Um, well, definitely be on the look la- look out for Concrete Cowboy. Uh, directed by Ricky Staub and starring Aegis Elba, Caleb McLaughlin, Method Man, and yours truly. Um, yes, hopefully uh, early next year. And then in the meantime, you can always follow me on imdb.com under Liz Priestley. And my only social media account is on Facebook, also under Liz Priestley. If you see any accounts anywhere else with my face, it's not real. <laughs> That's it. I'm very boring. I don't. I don't have an Instagram or anything. That'll change. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'll start taking pictures of what I eat. But you know, <laughs> it takes really, a lot. It, like, you know what? On, yeah, honestly, you're, you're probably better off because you'll save a whole lot of time towards more stuff that uh, is more meaningful. What to do? Really? I mean, yeah. Just follow me on Facebook. I'll. I will update everyone there if I have any news. I'll share any clips. Any articles um podcast links yep, yes yep. so that's where to find me facebook lives pretty Awesome. And then also, too, when you find out when it's going to be releasing, whether it's, you know, if it's on a virtual, let me know. I'll uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and grab that and take a look at it. And awesome. uh, maybe we can uh, reconvene after. I would love to. Yeah. And then uh, and then we can talk a little bit more about the movie itself. Yes, that would be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate <laughs> your time, Liz, and uh, good luck to you. And we will be talking when that movie releases. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.